Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. And it's the final day of the 2022-2023 National Hunt season on Saturday, so we're heading to Sandown for this week's coverage with two of the supporting races on the Sandown card covered in part one of the Pod Blast. Then heading to our usual hunting ground of the Scottish Leagues for our top middle and bottom football Trixie, just for fun everyone. Uh, before de- uh, dedicating part three of the Pod Blast exclusively to the main race on Saturday, of course, the Bet365 Gold Cup uh, to us older viewers. Um, of course, it is the Whitbread Gold Cup, of course. So first on the agenda, Ben, uh, welcome along, mate, uh, is the Oxy Chase due off at 2.50 on Saturday. Seven runners set to go to post uh, live on ITV, the Oxy Chase. Ben, can you start us off with that one? Yeah, I can, Tony. A bit of a eclectic bunch lining up for this one, I think. Mm. Uh, Hewitt, Hewitt uh, the class horse in the race. Very much favoured by the weights in this as well. I suppose the one query you would maybe have is how the Cheltenham Gold Cup horses have been running on their next start. Uh, eight have run since. None have managed to win. Even Gallop on Deschamps didn't manage to do that. So mm. was it a particularly hard race for the runners this year? It's a potential concern for Hewick. Uh, possibly a reason to look elsewhere. Uh, Paul Nichols, he's landed the last three renewals of this race. So his runners obviously need plenty of consideration. McFabulous, uh, one of the Nichols runners, tricky one to get a proper grip on. He can be very good. He can be very bad. Uh, I'm not overly keen on playing him. I'm never sure which one which version of McFagulous will turn up. Solo, however, he looks he looks a horse thing up. Uh, looked good when winning the Pendle chase last time out. A race that had the form boosted last weekend with That's All Right Gino winning at air, uh, the grade two. Uh, Solo himself, he looks best right-handed and off breaks of 59 days or more. Uh, under those conditions, he has three wins and a second from five runs. He gets those conditions here, potentially saved for this race by Nichols. Could well get to control things out front as well. He he might have El Dorado Allen for company, although they seem to switch up around the styles with him plenty. So I think Solo, he definitely seems best off the front. He's already won from the front over these fences, so I'd be very surprised if they didn't try and take this race from the front. So Solo is probably who I'd be siding with in this one, Tony. What you got? I'm with you, mate, all the way. Uh, just oh. interesting, five of the last eight winners had the last run in either of the Melling Chase, one win and two places. Uh, the Gold Cup, one winner from the Gold Cup. Uh, Hewitt, of course, uh, ticks that box, fell two out. Uh, Ascot Chase, uh, one winner in the last eight years, coming in from the Ascot Chase first uh, floor, ticks that box, he unseated a rider. In that, uh, entry Bull, two winners, and uh, Ryanair, two places, and no qualifiers from either race. Just makes you wonder where, when you've got the entry Bull winner. Obviously, there's somewhere else to go as well, but uh, uh, possibly those who finish second or third or fourth in the entry uh, Bull, um, you know, could be coming here. Uh, just wonder if trainers actually, or racing managers actually look back on, on previous races, key races that uh, do produce winners in uh, obviously other races that you're going in such as uh, the Oxy Chase but I'm with you on solo I should have said at the start of the show I'm sat here in um, my uh, Paul Nichols baseball cap 
uh, today. So be warned, everyone. Solo in great form. Trainer said he'd lost his confidence last term and hoped to get it back by keeping an extra year in novice company. Uh, won a grade two in February, and as you uh, hinted at, this looks a bit of a plan for me, uh, for me, Ben. So uh, solo in the uh, in the two fifty, the Oxy Chase, the Grade Two Oxy Chase. Uh, quickly on to the three twenty five, the Josh Gifford Novices Handicap Chase, Ben. Yeah, Class Two Handicap over two mile four. Uh, I think there could be plenty of pace on in this one. Camp Du Mathan, Cloud Destin, and Goyer Dafon, uh, all potentials to be up on the pace in the early stages. I think you'd hope the two Nichols horses would do well not to butt heads in the front end, but even if one of them sits just off the pace, I still expect there to be plenty of early speed in the race. Uh, Hudson de Grugy and Quell Destin, they finished first and second over course and distance last month. Just a neck separated them that day. I think that's probably the best piece of chase form on offer so far from this field over fences. No surprise to see them go well again here. And I'd probably be siding with Hudson de Grugy to get another Sandown win on the board here. Four of his five wins have come at the track. The ground has been softened up nicely for him over the past couple of days. It still says good, good to soften places. Wherever you look, it can't be, given they've cancelled the flat meeting Correct. today. So we have to assume you're looking at good to soft, soften places at the very best. It's got to be softer than that, surely. Um, and that will suit Hudson de Grugy. Um He'll be able to sit off the front runners let them soften each other up, then come with challenges at turn for home. Gary Moore, he, he does also have a decent record at this particular meeting in chases over two miles to three mile trips. And with his six-year-old to eight-year-old horses, he has saddled five winners and three more place runners from only 13 runners that meet that criteria. And I would imagine he's had this race in mind for Hudson de Grugy all season. It would be a, a good place for him to round out his, his novice season. So I, right now, but I will wait to see what the ground is like, but it's got to be surely soft. Uh, Hudson de Grugy for me, Tony, what do you think? Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, good point. Good point there. Winner over course and distance, of course. I'm going to um, be uh, dutching tomorrow in the uh, 325, uh, the Josh Gifford, Gifford uh, Novices Handicap Chase, uh, Cap de Mathan, and uh, also Quell Destin for the uh, Nichols uh, Yard, and uh, Harry Cobden riding uh, Cap de Mathan. Uh, Briny Frost, who I think may well. Try and go from the front here, as you were, as you were hinting at, uh, Ben. I think uh, Brownie's a, a more happier riding a horse uh, from the front than she is uh, tucking in and and uh, sort of gauging uh, how she rides uh, horses prominently in her, in her races. But uh, Captain Mathan having his eighth start of the season, two wins and three seconds from seven starts. Uh, described by his trainer as fragile, very patient with this cap guard eight-year-old uh, has been the uh, the connections missing two years between January 2020 and January 2021 because of uh, tendon trouble. But he's uh, he's been running well. Uh, finished second last tw- twice, uh, including at Wing Canton was a bit disappointing. Uh, finishing second of three runners on the first of March as the six to five favourite. But uh, Quell Destin as well, who I've 
I was very surprised if he was an eight-year-old. I thought he'd been around yonks. But uh, Quell Destin, he's another one with a, a tendon injury that uh, cut short his season last season. He's had five starts this season. Another one that's been kept in novice company. He ran well in defeat, won second of five runners at Sandown last month. Not sure which one the trainer fancies, or whether he fancies them both. But uh, I'll be going at the prices at the moment. I'll be going... Um, Obviously not too big on a, on a Dutch uh, selection there, but uh, Cap de Mathan and uh, Quell Destin for me there in the uh, 3.25. Right, time for... It's the one you've been waiting for, of course. I'm clinging on to profit here, but uh, anyway, here we go. <laughs> it's top, middle and bottom. <laughs> Usual rules apply. One pound Trixie from us both. So four pound in total. Ben, an update from last week, please. Last week, Tony, three losers, <laughs> minus four points. Oh, Myself, no. two winners, oh. two draws, one loser, plus 7.9 points. Who let me down? Elgin say. Oh. I've sacked my spy in the north. I'll Uncle. my own eyes. Now, Uncle John, sorry, don't believe you anymore. <laughs> Went with that. Now I'm say once again, what's the chances? Pretty high. Anyway, running totals Tony plus 10.89. Myself plus 49.26. Good Moving stuff. One for this week, starting in the championship. Um, I thought it was a tough round of matches in the championship this week. Yes. It wasn't easy. It was not easy at all to find value, was it, Tony? No, it was, I agree uh, with you. Agree with you. Oh, very, very tough week. Um, but well, actually, Ben, it, it, yeah. actually looking at the championship and what I went for set me up for League One and League Two as well. But yeah, okay, <laughs> the shorties. Stick with the shorties. Cali Fisler playing Falkirk in the Scottish Cup, so I think that's robbed us of a few games mm. across both divisions. Anyway, in the, in the Championship, I settled on Partick Thistle and Arbroath to draw at 29-10. Arbroath uh, have become a tight unit over the past 10 games. Hard to break down, not giving away many at the back. They've lost six goals in our last 10. Partick pretty much the same. They've only conceded five in the last 10. In fairness, Partick have been banging them in the other end, but... Arbroath have got clean sheets against Dundee, Ayr, Queen's Park and Park um, in recent games. So chances will be a tight affair and hopefully Park Thistle and Arbroath to draw. Uh, a m- middle, Scottish first, again, as you kind of pointed as well, a tough round of matches, but I settled on Kelty and Peterhead to draw at 17 to 5. Oh, get Kelty. you and your draws oh, all of a sudden. Draws are the way forward, Tony. <laughs> Come on. That's what's. This is where it is in Scotland. Kelty, nothing to play for now. We haven't, I mean, they haven't had none to play for for a couple of weeks because comfortably sealed in eighth place. Um, the results show it. They've drawn four of the last five. Three of them have been 0 0. The other one was a, a 1 0 defeat. So they are firmly in holiday mode. Peterhead, they've been in holiday mode all season because they are pretty much confirmed to finish bottom. They've scored three goals in our last 10 away games. This has a snooze fest draw written all over it. Kelty and Peterhead. Bottom. Scottish second. Now, for starters, you have got Elgin City versus Dumbarton playing this week in Division 2. And let's be honest, you can get to f*** with that game because you're not going to get Elgin City against Dumbarton. Dumbarton are odds against. Ah, 
Tony, you could toss a coin <laughs> 20 million times and it would still give you more accurate what I would actually. Don't know what I'm saying there. You know what I mean. Yeah. You could, you could throw a dart at either of those teams or a draw and yeah, your guess is good as mine or maybe it's not. Who knows? They don't even know what's going to happen. So... <laughs> I'm staying right away from Elgin against Dumbarton, and I am going for Forfar to win at Sterling Albion at seventeen to five. As Sterling Albion secured the title, they were clearly out partying after the game. They said it themselves, and uh, naturally they're going to take the foot off the gas now. Uh, manager Darren Young has commented this week that he's planning on resting some players and giving some fringe players a chance. Forfar, on the other hand. They still have a playoff place to play for. It is well within reach for them. They've got East Fife to play in the final game of the season next week. East Fife are the team that are two points ahead of Forfar, currently sitting in the last playoff place. So this is a must-win game for Forfar. Mm. They win this. It's in their own hands next week against East Fife. They're going to face in a Sterling Albion team, probably hungover, probably with uh, a few of their regulars being rested. And I am absolutely siding with Forfar to beat Sterling Albion. Come on, the loons. Good your Time to get your playoff place almost secured or keep it in their own hands. So, Partick and Arbroath draw. Kelty and Peterhead draw. And Forfar to upset Sterling Albion. That's a great shout. I might have a little bit of a play on that myself, especially if Sterling... Putting the kids in, putting a couple of kids in as well. So, what the manager has yep. said in the press already this week. So, and they are have, how I've many? Had, 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 nine points clear or something? Nine points clear, geez. blimey. Sterling. How did that oh, happen? They've won the league. Job yeah. done. Um, I've had a bet on Forfar. I have, I have to admit, I've had a single bet on Forfar. Very good. I think uh, it's an interesting shot. Anyway. Your goal. Oh, you don't want my shot. You see, nah, we go. Um, I'm obviously I'm going short this week because I need to cling on to me profit here. So uh, air to beat Wraith Rovers, which is in front of me on the screen here, four to six. I'm sure, it's uh, you can get better than that. But uh, air against uh, Wraith Rovers, air are currently fifth, and Wraith Wraith are seventh. Uh, Ten points difference. Between the pair, straight on to League One, we've got Dunfermline to stuff Clyde at three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Dunfermline uh, are unbeaten in five. They're 130 on, I'm afraid, but uh, that's all you're going to get off me. Uh, Dun- Dunfermline, um, actually, they- they've run away with the league. Haven't they? They've only lost once this season, drawn 12. Uh, Clyde are uh, struggling at the bottom through 16 points uh, adrift of the uh, Kelty Hearts who are above them. So uh, Dunfermline, actually, <laughs> three three to ten doesn't look a bad price, actually. Uh, yeah, and Dunfermline um, should be winning that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, League Two, um, I've gone for Annan, who are third in the league at the moment. They're 11 points behind the second place. Um, that other lot, Dumbarton and... Uh, Bonnie Rig Roads, uh, we've got at, uh, they're, they're eighth in the league, nothing to play for. Uh, I, I shouldn't have thought, although, although it's a bit tight no, at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a bit tight all, at the bottom three, there. There's, uh, three yeah, bottom, bottom three. Good finish bottom, yeah. Yeah, very good. League. Yeah, good shout. And, yep, yeah, so, um, we've, so we've got uh, Air to beat Wraith Rovers, Dunfermline to stuff Clyde, and Annan Athletic to beat Bonnie Rig Roads and the Blowfish. 
uh, at around four to five. So uh, there you go. Um, uh, and then Athletic, Dunfermline and Air My 3 to cling on to profit. All right, so uh, moving on. Now it's time for the uh, main race of the day. It is the Bet365 Gold Cup. Um, some of us still call it the old Whitbread Gold Cup, of course. Uh, 18 runners over three miles, four and a half furlongs. Ben, you've got some trends for us. Good trends, Tony, for the Bet365 Gold Cup. Uh, last, Looking at the last 15 renewals, uh, the 50 winners had all previously won over at least three miles, uh, ran over three miles or further last time out, uh, had no more than three handicap chase wins, and 14 of the last 50 winners had 10 or less handicap chase starts. Your runners fit in those trends this year. Uh, a relatively big short list, but Revels Hill, Ansam, Enrillo, Mutual Mass, Broken Halo, Annual Invictus and Organdi. Now, Enrillo has seen some support for us in recent days, and I, I absolutely get that from a handicapping perspective. He won the race in 2021 off a mark of 143 before being demoted to third for interference. Uh, he then pulled up in the race last year from a mark of 144. He gets a run this year off 137. So, yeah, from a handicap perspective, I can see the appeal of Enrillo. At Revels Hill, he sits around about 6 to 1, 7 to 1 in the market. He should be seen by conditions. Uh, and handicaps over trips of 2 mile 5 furlongs plus and off breaks of 30 days or more. He has three wins and four places from seven starts. And you know, he's also got winning in place form over marathon trips, and all his previous wins have come in February to April. He does need to prove he has a race of this nature in him, though. Um, I'd be in two minds about that. He could do, but I'm not 100% confident he does. Mutual Mass, clearly an upgrade, still unexposed or fences. Uh, up nine pounds for his win at the track last time out. Also takes a step up in class here, and he's actually running from five pounds out of the handicap, but. Mutual Mass is an improver to consider. Now, Ansam, and he also needs consideration. He's got his prime conditions to attack. December to May and days since last run, 60 or less. And those conditions, he has eight wins and a place from 10 starts. Query with him would be he's now on a career high mark. So needs to show he can do it from his 149 perch. But if he can, he has conditions in his favour. There's certainly a few in the trend shortlist you can make a solid case for. Um, of them, I think I'd maybe be keen on Enrillo. Uh, he's a very, very tempt-to-mark handicapper. He's been generous dropping him uh, five pounds for his last one, I think it was. I actually thought he was, he was travelling well within himself at Wincanton at the start of the season before falling at 12th. Like you probably know his last two runs, both at Kempton. He just doesn't seem to really enjoy the chase track at Kempton. And he's also got a £10 swing in the weights with Kitty's Light from the 2021 renewal of this race. Like For all, Kitty's Light is coming into the race this year in absolutely tip-top shape. If he can go either Scottish National, Bet365 Go Cup, then fair play Christian Williams and Kitty's Light, that would be some achievement but um, yeah and Rillo is weighted to hopefully I say turn the form around he did actually finish ahead of him in 2021 but and Rillo is weighted to go very well here and he's the one I'd be keenest on from the short list um, and one more at bigger prices certainly Red is possibly worth a mention best right handed still unexposed to our fences won well over these fences in January I suspect his run at Ascot last time out over hurdles was all about getting him nice and sharp for a crack at this. So 
he could run wild Charlotte Red for his small sale, but in Rillo, main one for me, Tony, what have you got? Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. A uh, couple of uh, trends that I dug out last eight winners were aged between seven and nine, with 26 of the last 29 winning place positions filled by that age group. And digging a little deeper, um, seven of the last eight winners were aged at seven or eight as well, which uh, I found uh, quite interesting. Also, it's not a race, uh, a good one for top weights in the race. Uh, the last eight top weights have, uh, have all been beaten with uh, since 2020 uh, since 2014 winners of the race were at least three pound lighter than the top weight with six of the last eight winners carrying at least uh, 12 pound less uh, moving on to my personal shortlist is Ansam Kitty's Light Annual Invictus uh, Revels Hill and Broken Halo and the two I'm going for to play each way uh, tomorrow, Annual Invictus won his first couple of starts in Handicap Company over the larger obstacles a couple of years ago at Cheltenham and plumped in both victories over two miles and four furlongs. And since December 2021, only appeared in four more starts over fences, including finishing eighth of 23 in the Kim Muir at the Cheltenham Festival last month, following a year over hurdles. Place claims, if in, uh, if in good form, Annual Invictus, um, he's, he's a wildly old... Um, trainer is Chris Gordon so suddenly brings um, annual Invictus back over the larger obstacles uh, could be interesting he's at a double figure price and also Broken Halo the 8 year old by Keith Tara has won last couple of chase starts in the he's another one it's, uh, his previous runs as well it's uh, quite interesting previous starts in the Royal Artillery Gold Cup in February and uh, in the Grand Military Gold Cup last month at this venue, both ridden by amateur jockey Jody Soul. Uh, the win came off £5 low mark claimer Tom Buckley takes the ride here. Could be a clever bit of placing from the uh, the champion trainer here, Paul Nichols, and uh, Broken Hill looks a bit big at around 25 to 1. Annual Victus looks a little big at around 18 to 1 there, Ben. That's uh, my two. But uh, yeah, as you say, Kitty's like be some, uh, some performance that if he wins... Uh, after winning the Ida and the Scottish Nationals. But, uh, but it's going to be a good race. Hopefully it's on, fingers crossed, the 365 Gold Cup off at 2.15 tomorrow. So uh, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio weekdays between 5am and 7am. You can get more from Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk. Until next week, uh, thanks for listening when we'll be asking Freya Ridings, what is all the fuss about? Absolutely horrendous. It's thanks for us. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone.